Hello there. Welcome to the show. Um, today I'm going to be reviewing the game Horizon Zero Dawn with a friend, Nick Dabs from college. Nick, how's it going? Going well. So Nick and I kind of started playing this game around the same time. Um, I, I think I started a little bit later than Nick did, but Nick, you also like 100% complete most of the games that you play, right? I, I tried to. I didn't quite get there with Horizon. Well, there's a lot to collect, and I think we'll get to that like later in the review. But um, real fast, well, not real fast. You can take as much time as you want. Um, I actually got in trouble in my practice for my uh, pediatric physical exam because I said, can I take a listen real fast? And my professor got mad at me because I'm not supposed to be taking a listen real fast, though it's just a saying, so it's like really not that big of a deal. Anyway... Could you give a description of this game and just kind of talk a little bit about like the setting and what it is before we kind of dive into what our thoughts are in the game? Yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn. I would call it an open world RPG, or I guess an action open world RPG. And you play as this lady named Alloy, who is presented as kind of like a tribal primitive girl who wears like tattered animal clothing and hunts with a bow and all of these things that make you think that like you're situated in sometime like 800 BC or something. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But turns out in exploring this world as Aloy dressed in your tattered animal clothing, you occasionally stumble across these highly sophisticated dino mechs. Uh, which is very confusing. That's a really good description. <laughs> Dynamics. At first. Um, and it and it alerts you, it, it alerts your mind to the fact that you're not in 800 BC because there's a, a certain amount of technological advancement that's happened and allows you to start asking questions of essentially what the heck is going on? Like, why are these primitive <laughs> tribal people in tattered clothing hunting huge Dynamax? And the rest of the game kind of unfolds that mystery and and gives you a little more information on that. Yeah, that's a pretty decent description. And there's a lot to this game in terms of like the lore. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the story. Um, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the developers just real fast to give a cursory overview of where this game is coming from. Because I think that knowing about the studio that made the game kind of changes your perception of the game slightly. So this game was made by Guerrilla Games, which is a Dutch studio, which is known for their Killzone franchise. And if you haven't played any of the Killzones, which neither Nick or I have played any of the Killzone games, they're like these post-apocalyptic first-person alien shooter games. I've never played them, so I've heard they're good. Um, Not insanely extraordinary in terms of like review-wise, but like I would say a solid B, like a great first-person action game. So when the PlayStation 4 came out, they made Killzone 4, and they were working on Horizon Zero Dawn. They had never done an open world game before, so when they were building the engine for Killzone 4, they used the same engine for Horizon, but they were using it as a test, which, I mean, this is insane how they did it. So they would build these levels for Killzone 4, and then they were using this as a testing ground for, like, could we run an open world game on this engine this is their first third person action rpg open world like ubisoft assassin's creed type game um and i think they did a great job like coming from a first person shooter oh totally i mean i can't think of a 
like a more starkly contrasted type of game to have made before this one. Especially since the combat um, is more of a, you're fighting these giant mechanical beasts as opposed to just like a stereotypical first person shooter. Like these are very different designs of these animals or these creatures. And I think they did a really good job with that. Totally. And just like, I mean, with Killzone too, it, it wasn't it like defined path. It's like you kind of generally have to go from here to here. Like you're yeah, advancing it's pretty through linear, levels. I think. And then this one is literally just go wherever you would like to go. Exactly. To talk about one of the things that really impressed me with this game is the, just the graphics. Like, and I am not a Mr. Graphics guy. Like, I have a 1080p TV that's 10 years old. I have an original PlayStation. So I'm not playing this on a PlayStation Pro with 4K or a, a you know, 1080 Ti or 280 Ti with 40 the 4K monitor at 60 frames. You know, I'm not doing any of that. I'm playing this 30 frames per second on a 10 year old TV, and I'm like, this game looks so good, and I don't understand how it's running on a seven year old console. And then I thought this was really interesting. There's a documentary about the creation of this game by a YouTuber called No Clip, and they talk about how uh, Hideo Kojima, who is the like director and creator of the Metal Gear Solid games liked their engine so much that he used it for his Death Stranding game which I haven't played but um that shows you like how much I mean that's a huge endorsement I guess you'd say for an engine if like Hideo Kojima is like hey this is pretty cool can we use it so the cr the crazy thing about this um game in terms of like graphics is just like how much is on the screen in terms of like cuz it's very you're out in these it's America, basically, right? Yeah. I think it's like somewhere out west, somewhere out west, I think it's supposed to be. But the the world has been altered by these machines, so it's not like you would find the same, I don't know, say biomes. Do we say biomes And when we're talking about the real world? You're the science guy. I think so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say biomes. Yeah, there's not, you know, there's different biomes in this world due to like these machines or whatever. The biggest thing about... I thought was crazy was just the draw distances in terms of like how far you can see. I st I just still can't believe this game runs on a PlayStation 4. What do you mean by that? You mean like just literally if you're just scanning the environment, like how far into the distance of the game you can see? Yeah, yeah. And there's not a ton of pop in. I mean, it doesn't run like perfect all the time, but it's a good looking game and i think i was not expecting that when i went into it i was expecting just like a good looking playstation game you know i've played a lot of playstation games but this one i was very impressed with yeah and it's like i mean like a, de a solid detail orientation is a solid detail orientation i would imagine like that can extend for a studio across genres but like detail mm -hmm. for the kill zone games graphically had to mean something completely different from like really yeah. nicely rendered detail in an rpg but they nailed it still. And one of the biggest things about the this game is like the machines that you fight and those things look incredible. Oh yeah, like you can tell so much time was put into like each one. I mean there's over what, like 30 different unique Probably, dino mechs. Around, yeah. And they each have like a, a unique aesthetic, but also like a unique movement scheme as well. And they, And it all seems really, really just well thought through. Yeah, and their movements look very... Their their movements look like animal movements. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I think the game gets really bad is the facial animations. Like, I could not... And everyone has said this. I mean, this isn't a new thing, but just the facial animations are hilarious. Yeah, I remember so many, like, cutscenes, or not even cutscenes, like, interactive dialogue 
pieces on like the side quest where it's just like actually pretty painful <laughs> watching so many people talk <laughs> it makes you want to go straight back to the dinos um you want to talk a little bit about the story so essentially what's cool about the story is that it's set in a post post apocalyptic setting like the apocalypse did not just happen like it clearly happened a long time ago and life has sort of bounced back already and you can see that everywhere like, we've already talked about like how beautiful the game is and like there's some hardcore, um, well-realized nature in this land. And so right when you are thrown in, like the word apocalypse is probably even nowhere in your vocabulary. It's just very beautiful. Um, but as you progress through the game, you start to encounter these signposts, I guess, that indicate that there has been an extensive history here. There's wreckage. There's like these ruins of buildings that used to exist and all these things, you start to slowly put together that there was an advanced civilization and it was our own. But then something happened that shut down the civilization. Um, and I think that's where like a lot of stories would stop and it would be kind of cool. But with Horizon, the premise is not only uncovering the mystery of what shut down civilization, but what restarted it after civilization had been shut down as well which I think is so, yeah, a good point. so cool. It's not just figuring out like, why did the apocalypse happen? It's figuring out why are there still people alive? And like, why is the earth seemingly in a good spot right now? You have the reason for the apocalypse. These huge mechs were just consuming biomatter and destroyed all life on earth. And then you have the reason why life came back, which is this girl, Elizabeth, this engineer, devised this super sophisticated AI and amassed a bunch of people to build the infrastructure necessary to protect like a select group of embryos who would be grown and raised by Gaia somehow. And that's how you come to find out, like when these people were grown up, Gaia's programming had allowed life to come back, like real grass began to grow um, and nature resumed its place on earth somehow. But when these humans finally came out of these subterranean bunkers they were primitive people because they had no like inkling of past civilization and so in a sense like there was a reversion back to tribalism yeah and so there's like two parts to the story there's the sort of finding out the background and we kind of went over like that's kind of what your main quest is figuring all that stuff out but there's like other stuff in terms of like politics in the world of like these different tribes and stuff i honestly could not have cared more i couldn't have i did not care about these like different tribes and them fighting and i just didn't care about that and that's a like, huge part of the story but the other half of the story was like discovering what happened into the world and i felt like that was actually pretty interesting i i, I oh, enjoyed yeah. that part yeah i'm completely with you any kind of because how you how you come to find out all of these this historical like what happened in the past is through these like data tapes that are like scattered throughout the world, essentially. It's so, like anytime you encountered one of those, it mm -hmm. was so cool to just get a little snippet of like, oh, so this is what was going on. This is how we, this kind of fills in this part of this mystery. It was so cool to piece that together. Yeah. In contrast to like the, I don't really care that Billy is like a tribal leader yeah. and like Stevie, his like enemy, is trying to kill Billy and like yeah, take because over they want, Stevie's like, more land or like, something. Yeah, I'm like, I don't care about this. Like, I know that they tried, but I don't care. Like, I, I honestly feel like they should have just dropped that story. Like the faction, the warring factions? Yeah. 
And uh, let, we can get a talk about gameplay because I think that's where like most of this game lies. The, the gameplay for this game is a third person action RPG skill tree. Um, may, the main weapon you're going to be using is your bow, but you can get several different types of weapons that do various. Like you can get a slingshot that shoots grenades. You can get a trip caster that shoots these like triple like a uh, trip wires. I guess it can be like electric or explosion. So there's all there's all kinds of things that you can do in terms of combat. But combat for me is what makes the game. Like this game would would be pretty, but if it didn't have the combat, it would be it would I wouldn't play. Unsatisfying, it. yeah. And it's like I think that there are games out there, a lot of games that do good open worlds really well. Um, like for instance, Skyrim. You know, it's like a classic game that you know has a lot of there's just a million things you can do in it, and has a really cool world. But there are huge elements of it that are severely lacking. And in Skyrim, like combat is one of those things that's just really terrible. Um, mm. And this game is more of an action game than it is an RPG. But the combat is really what makes the game enjoyable to play. Completely. Yeah. It's, it's the combat is so, um, what's the word? Like far reaching. There's just so many things you can do in a given combat encounter to like, accomplish what you need to it makes it just so fresh yeah no i totally i totally agree so every time you fight a monster it's like a different thing because you can you know i'm only going to use my slingshot for this one or whatever it's like or whatever ammo you have left you have to just figure out a way to beat it exactly and that's like where the combat interfaces with the inventory so well because like you you really forces you to be strategic it's like if you want to use your trip caster a bunch well you better be putting yourself in situations where you're harvesting the resources you need to use your trip caster (laughs) and if not you're gonna have to be content to use other things yeah definitely and that's something that it took me a little bit of time to learn so just real quick to describe how the game works like you level up so by the end of the game i was on level 55 did you ever get to level 60 yes i think so i think that's the highest level that you can get to i think that's the highest level you can get to probably not so as you level up you get more hp and you can unlock different skills completing quests also unlock skill points so you can increase the speed at which your bow fires or how many arrows you fire or you know there's a bunch of different things you can upgrade but as you progress further in the game you stumble upon bigger and harder enemies so when you first start out like the biggest enemy is like a basically like a saber tooth tiger machine right i think that's like the first one you fight that's really intense and it was so intense yeah it was and by the end though you're fighting this like giant tyrannosaurus rex lightning beast that can shoot giant laser drones at you and so it really escalates by the time you start to the end and i think they do a really good job of progressing your way up to fighting the bigger monsters i completely agree like i i have not a lot to compare these things to but like if i think of like the arkham games it's like if you if you consider like batman's point a and then his point B in those games, it's like really not that drastic. It's like essentially he gets some. Yeah, it's like you fight one man thug and then you fight like other man thug with like armor on and then you fight like other man thug <laughs> with knife. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, you just get more gadgets. But like the progression yeah. in Horizon Zero Dawn is completely legit. Like you are literally going from fighting these little baby, like what are those little, like little tiny raptor things? Zebras. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the little watchers. Yeah. Like docile horses to fighting a full sized T Rex. And you feel that all the way through. It's so cool. 
like as someone who I, I generally don't get into stories as much in games. It really depends on the game, like the Uncharted games. Like, of course, those are great in terms of like their stories. Um, but most I think most games, um, unless they have a really gripping story, I, I really don't care as much. I'm really playing it for the gameplay. And this was a game that I really didn't know what to think when I started it. But I realized like 25 hours in, I was like, I want to play this because of the combat. And I want to play this because I want to like upgrade my weapons and get more things. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just nailed that feeling of like, I want to keep progressing. Like I, I yes. felt that with the story too. It's like it, I mean, anytime you have a mystery and this is totally a mystery, it's like, of course you, you feel that urge to keep progressing. But then like you're saying with the like combat and stuff too, you just want to keep taking steps forward. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of different things you can do in the world. Like, obviously, it's an open world, which is kind of like it It follows the open world formula very clichely. It doesn't try to do anything new, which you could criticize it for. But I'm going to give them some points off because it was their first open world game. And I think that they did enough with the combat to make the game unique. Um, I Obviously, the setting is unique as well. But in terms of like the open world, it has the classic like you climb up the towers to unlock more of the map. But in this case, the towers are these giant giraffe-like creatures that you have to... They're like puzzles to try to figure out how to get to the top to unlock the map. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that mm-hmm. those were pretty fun. It was nothing insanely novel, um, but it was they did a good job of like implementing it into their world. Exactly. Um. So the lodge quests were a big part of the game and there are these hunter lodges that you can go to and you can complete these challenges like killing a certain amount of machines like in one the first one it's like you have to knock over this pile of logs and it has to crush four and like that's your goal and you have like two minutes to do it and those sort of ramp up as time goes on as you find more of these hunter lodges there's the main story um, and then there's side quest I didn't really do many of the side quest what would you say if you could, you know, ra- not rank the side quests, but if you could sort of say, were they worth doing? What, what would you say? Like ranking them um, amongst like the other elements of the game in general? Yes. Yeah, sure. That's great. <sighs> I mean, they were okay. I haven't played, honestly, a lot of games with a ton of side quests. I mean, this is the game that I've played that has had the most side quests that I've seen before. And from okay. that perspective, since there were so many, I mean, I thought they were actually pretty well diversified. Like I think of the Assassin's Creed games as being ones where there's like essentially four kinds of side. It's like, follow this person, do this other thing, you know, whatever. I felt like these were like decently enough varied where I couldn't, I wouldn't stumble into one and be like, oh, well here we're on this track to like do this fetch quest again or whatever. So you felt like they were unique. Yes, yes, I did. I'm trying to, I forget a lot of them though. So what was the reason, like, from the game designer's perspective, what do you think the point of completing side quests is for the player, if not story, just to, like, get more powerful experience XP? Well, I think that, and this kind of goes back to the fact that this was their first open world RP, action RPG and the fact that they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. And, again, I have to remember that this is back in 2016. Yeah. So it's, like, or it's 17, I think. 
And even though it wasn't that long ago, there still have been so many of these games to come out in the last four years. You know, like this, this formula has been used and killed to death. And it's like, we need to do something different. Mm. So at this point, even, even in, even when this game was came out, this was kind of an old thing to do. But I think the side quests are there to add variety, like to just be like, you're not just following the story. Like it's something else to do. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah. And I think it did that for me enough. Like there were plenty of times where I would just stop the main story in its tracks and then just go off and do a bunch of random crap. I really didn't like the, and this is something in the no clip documentary they talk about. Um, there's two aspects of combat. There's the hunting and then there's fighting humans and human combat is just terrible. I think they should have left it out completely. They sort of added it in because they felt like that the, it needed something the game needed more. And I completely disagree with that. I thought, I think that the human combat is just, absolutely terrible yeah i don't i think i agree like it, it felt odd and especially i mean of, of course it doesn't compare to fighting like an actual dino mech i do think there were a few times where it was satisfying it was i can't remember what they were called but like when you had to clear the forts or whatever there was like eight or nine yeah see those were like stealth missions i don't know i wasn't a huge fan of the stealth aspect either oh really i mean i think it works so this is my so i think it works well with the machines i don't like it with the humans because it's not a stealth game it's not design it's not assassin's creed this is not assassin's creed stop trying to make it assassin's creed you, you like it you like the stealth for the machines because like that makes sense it's like to kill some of these huge di literal dinosaurs stealth probably needs to factor in strategically but for humans like it just doesn't make yeah as much like sense. you're hunting these animals yeah it, well it just doesn't fit that's what i'm saying it doesn't fit as well like aloy has trained her entire life to hunt and, and survive and so like you know in the very beginning the prologue like you talked about she's a little girl and you're kind of getting taught by her her dad who like adopted her and he's showing her how to hunt and he's showing her how to hide in the bushes and how to you know distract different machines and so it's like it makes sense because she has to survive in this world mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're like jumping out of bushes and like spearing guys through the neck like okay this is like two different things you know what i mean like yeah, i can understand this right. person hunting and killing monsters but just like mercilessly murdering all of these people i just don't think it fits with her character i agree i agree and so it's, but but the problem would be like there needs to be bad humans for her to be set against but maybe they could have like ridden the dynamax that would have been kind of funny and cool i think i think that's a good move i think also with human if you if you're committed to having human combat you, you just want to leave it in it would be kind of cool to just make it super easy as just kind of like you know one hit kill so you can just like rip through hordes no problem well i kind of think it was like that i mean you really just got to get headshots well, it was for certain. It was for certain, like grunts. But there were some really annoying human bosses that had like flamethrower, weird like poison jugs. On yeah, the you're back. right. You're right. These guys were weird. The way that I play games, and everyone's different, but I really like one aspect of games a lot of the time. And if the game developers do that over and over again. I'm like, thumbs up. That's great. So for example, Monster Hunter, what do you do in Monster Hunter? Can you guess? Hunt monsters. Exactly. And that's the part that they nailed in this game. So I like Monster Hunter. It's one of my favorite game series. I think they did a great job with the monsters and the hunting them. And so you're fighting these monsters, you're knocking off 
pieces of them and you're like knocking off their guns and then using their guns against them. It's just like these intense battles. They're crazy. There might be five machines attacking you. And then you go and fight some humans and it's just like I stand and shoot them in the head. They run at me. I back up, shoot them in the head, back up. It's just the same. It's like the same over and over and over again. Like you could ignore that. You could ignore most of the human, like the camps and everything. I just don't think it was necessary. But that's just my personal preference. It'll it'll be interesting to see if they've gotten that feedback and they'll make changes on that for the second one. Yeah, because the melee combat in this game is also pretty terrible. You basically have like a heavy spear attack and a light spear attack and they Mm -hmm. just feel kind of strange when you use them um so hopefully they like refine that a little bit in the second game it's funny because i mean one of the things that i really appreciated again was the fact that you could approach any given situation like 15 different ways it's like okay here's Mm -hmm. here's a dino coming my way i'm gonna hide some bushes do i want to set a trap do i want to do i want to turn one of the other dino mechs in the area to my cause this cool power mount it and then cut the dino's head off do i want to you know there's there's so many ways you can approach a given situation and while i appreciated that to be honest i think most of the time i just went in like totally hacking (laughs) i just went in guns blazing with my staff (laughs) just smacking just smacking dino mech around but i i liked that i had the option to not do that um, and I, I've actually wanted to talk to you about this. So the main difference between our playthroughs was that I played it on hard. Mm. Oh, yeah, which I can't and, fathom. And you played it on normal, correct? Yeah, which was knocked me on my butt. So you thought it was challenging on normal? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you could see how the combat could be easier. if, And that's what I... And the combat is easier in normal mode in the sense that you can run guns blazing into it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I don't really think you could do that as much on hard, which is cool. I like that. I, I, I honestly wish that I would have had more self control. <laughs> I, I agree. I was the same way. I would brute force it, you know. And it really took me a while before I started, um, not just running into, you know, fighting it with my regular bow and not actually thinking about what I'm going to do before going into a fight. Yeah. Um, and that really changes the way that you play. And I think that the the Hunter Lodge quests really helped you kind of, it yes. taught you different ways to take down animals. Totally. It's like, it's almost like the designers were self-aware. They're like, you kind of need to be nudged sometimes into, remember, you have this weapon. It's like, uh-huh. oh yeah, it's an insane weapon that I totally forgot about yeah. somehow. Exactly. Like I never used, I never used the tripcaster. Yeah. Which, cause it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of lame to be honest. Like I don't think of like, okay, I'm on an epic dino hunt. There's literally a T-Rex mech in front of me. Time to trip it. Like I typically, I'm not but thinking you that. could set up like nine, you could set up like nine and have it chase you and just run through all of them. I mean, there's a lot you could do with it. Yeah, for sure. You can also whack it with your staff a hundred times. <laughs> Is that what you would do? Would you no, literally attack no. the thunder jaws with even, your staff? Even on normal, I don't think you can take down a, a thunder jaw with just a staff. I just imagine that being like a YouTuber video, how like, you know, they'll set something up where it's like YouTuber defeats thunder jaw with only staff 18 minutes long. And it's just, yeah, it's like running. a scenario to do. Yeah. Landing like strikes in weird places and then sprinting back out. Yeah. Interestingly, I played the whole game and I felt like I was always, I always was low on health. Like I never had health. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. That was probably the same for me. But 
even though that's like i was always picking up grass weed to smoke and get high and <laughs> yeah. gain my health back yeah your vibe it, it restored your vibe um but yeah like i I, <laughs> I feel like i was decently low on health too but at the same time like health potions are not super rare like i would always have enough to keep going but I was always running out, and this might have been a difference between hard and normal. I was always running out of, um, like, the shards for my arrows. Oh, really? I don't think I ever did even, like, one time. Oh, yeah. I was always low. I was always, like, I would have to, like, scavenge in the middle of a fight to, <laughs> to like, actually be able to kill the monster. Is that, do you think that the difficult, like, the game difficulty extends to inventory? No, I think that the HP of the bosses or the the monsters makes uh, it that you have to yeah. use more resources to take that them down. Sense. That's what I would think, but I haven't really gone and played normal to see if it's that much different. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I feel like in general, it's like this game is just such a cool video game. Brandon Sanderson, fantasy author, for those who don't know, um, often makes the point, he's like, people who are writing fantasy need to write books that can't exist in any other genre it's like if you're writing a fantasy book you don't want to write you know like a romance and have like one wizard cast a spell it's like no that's a romance it's like your story needs to be told in yeah. such a way <laughs> that it could be fit in no other genre like it, it is a fantasy book it's it's relying on the elements like i feel like that's the same here it's like this video game is just such a video game like this, like I don't know if you're if you're going to make a game, um, make it something like this where it's completely ridiculous. Like you're literally a tribal hunter shooting arrows at Dynamax. It's like you're not going to be able to do that in any other form of media, <laughs> uh, or even conceive like yeah, that, like agree. a movie yeah. like that is not going to get greenlit. Most likely, who knows? You're probably not going to read a book like that. Like that's just that just has video game written all over it. And I think that you can feel that all mm. throughout. It's it, it's so exceptionally wild and just bizarre, but a blast. And I think they did a really good job with that aspect of it. Like, like they leaned into just how, like, kind of ridiculous it is in a way. Yeah, because it's like I'm fighting a T Rex with a little tiny bow and arrow, <laughs> yeah. and somehow I'm beating it. Yeah, I think that this game is like a solid B in terms of what it does as an open world action RPG uh, game. But I think that the if they could somehow take the hunting aspect of it and make that a more, they could sort of make that the most important part of the game by far, I think it could become a better game. And I saw a really good reviewer say that Horizon Zero Dawn is going to be such a forgettable game because the second one is going to just expound on all of the great things in the first one and make it a better game by far. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I would I would be intrigued to see them completely lean into just the hunting and crank that up to like 90% of what you're doing in the sequel. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm not someone who minds the variety as much. I think that kind of keeps it fresh. Um, like, I really... <sighs> Like, I don't know. Like, I guess I do kind of like that this game is a lot of things. Because, I mean, it is, it's it's one part stealth, like, hunting game. It's one part just, like, mm -hmm. straight up exploration game. Where you're just incentivized to just go out and check stuff out. Like, when you're, um, 
like the tomb quests or the ruins quests, like when you're just exploring these yeah, like underground cool. caverns. It's like there's nothing there except just seeing what's there. Well, actually, that's not true. I think there's some pretty insane boss battles there. Um, but like yeah. the, the exploration piece is cool. I would also be sad if if they focused on the hunting at the expense of like keeping the story engaging. Like if they took if they took their foot off the pedal story wise and and put that foot pressure all on hunting, I I actually wonder if it, it might not be as good of a game. Or at least interesting to me. Because I I mean I like I could see that, yeah. The hunting elements were cool, but I don't know if I would have been like that pulled to pulled through if I didn't have in the back of my mind that there's this there's these huge unanswered questions about why everything is the way that it is. Yeah, and I agree that the story in terms of like the world and the world that they built was incredibly fascinating. Now, I did want to bring up the fact that this game came out the same year as Breath of the Wild. Um, and have you haven't played Breath of the Wild, have you? No, I saw Harris. I saw my friend play it a couple of times. His name is Harrison. Okay, so there was a lot of, and I remember when it came out, a lot of people were comparing them slightly because, you know, if you look at Zelda, it's very cartoony and it's very, the the art design is very different. It's not very realistic. And so, but it's a kind of the similar, like you're in this open world and you kind of do stuff. Same as Horizon. But the thing that makes Breath of the Wild very different from Horizon is like the interactivity with the world. Um, I mm-hmm. felt like in Horizon, you're just a little player on a board, and it's like you can't really interact with the world that much. Like the climbing in this game is very contrived. It's very like here are these yellow handholds mm-hmm. that you can only climb on. Yeah. Um, and I think that they'll need to work on that a little bit. But in Breath of the Wild, you know, you can knock, you can cut down a tree and roll it down a hill and and knock some guys off a cliff. Whereas like the you can knock down trees or or machines will knock down trees and break boulders in this game but it doesn't feel like you are actually interacting with this world it's like you're just you're you're on it almost like you're on this board and then you get to do things on this board whereas in Zelda it's like you feel like you're a part of this world like you feel like if i i can manipulate the physics of this world and you know mess around and um, I think that if you, they could somehow add more of that to the second one, I think it would make it a better game because I think this game has better combat by far than Zelda does. Do you think that the limited world interactivity is another byproduct of them just kind of getting their feet wet with an open world game? Like, is that a more sophisticated Maybe. RPG yeah. thing? No, it's not like it's not a sophisticated RPG thing because like your Assassin's Creed and your Batman games and most of them don't do a very good job of interacting with the world like Breath of the Wild was very unique and I think um, it's like Half-Life 2 when Half-Life 2 came out it was crazy because of the amount of interaction that you had with the environment the physics engines that were being used you could tangibly like pick something up and build a you know you could build a like a bridge you know and you could use that bridge or you could build it because you needed to use it whereas in you know assassin's creed and horizon and batman you know you don't you're in the world but you don't interact with the world and i wish that they could sort of mesh those two things together because i i like the world of horizon so much yeah and i feel like that would open up so much with the combat i mean if you could actually do meaningful things with the world you know whatever that is, chopping down a tree, 
jumping off a cliff, whatever. Like lighting fires, you know, like in Zelda, you can light the grass on fire and it'll create an <clears throat> updraft and you can take your parachute or your paraglider and, and swing yourself up into the air. If you're holding onto a, you know, metal weapon and it's raining, you could get struck by lightning. Like there's all these, these things that work together that make you feel like you're existing in this world where in Horizon, you just, you don't really get that feeling ever. Um, the only time I really felt like that was when I played the Frozen Wilds DLC and they added this to the game a few months later. And one of the things that they added was like interactivity with the snow and you're like trudging through this snow yeah. in this like Northern wasteland. And I thought that was so cool. And I know it's been mm. done before. I know that, you know, it's been done in like really crazy games and stuff that have way better graphics like Red Dead Redemption 2 or just as good graphics Red Dead Redemption 2 but I loved that. I thought it was I felt I thought it felt so much more meaningful mm-hmm. and so much more connected with the world when you're like waist deep in the snow and it's like snowing and you can see the machines and you're kind of trying to hide from them whereas in this in the main game you know you kind of run on top of everything yeah i think you have a good way of describing it just kind of being on the world (laughs) like it's sort of there and you're there incidentally just kind of passing through and that doesn't bear exactly any way on how it looks i mean again it looks incredible no not at all no but how how the characters mesh with it is a little a little wonky sometimes I mean, I, I would, this is like the most cliche thing ever for game reviewers to say, and I'm, I'm not a game reviewer. I don't want to classify myself as that, but there were times when I would just stop and look at the game because I was like, this is insane. <laughs> yeah. I cannot believe this is playing on my PlayStation. Yeah, same. I mean, even like very early on, like there's a couple of really, really cool cinematic scenes with these huge, huge yeah. vistas. And that's just such a huge, important part of the game, I think, is just how beautiful the all the natural scenes are okay so why would you recommend this game to someone if you haven't played this game because it's been out for like five years so we're really behind i would say succinctly it packs so much content into an extremely consumable game like everything is huge the story scale is huge it's convoluted it's it's fairly complex the inventory management for me who plays no games is on the bigger side of things. Um, like the combat is huge in its diversity. And there's, you know, again, we've talked about it, 15 ways to skin a cat in any given situation. There's all of these things. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the open world itself is massive and continues to open up. So it's a huge game. There's so many things going on, but it's unfolded in a way and you progress in a way that is totally, totally manageable. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's the core thing that I think I appreciate is I like the huge scope of the game, um, but I also like how I'm not overwhelmed by it. And I think that there is a lot of intentionality in its design to make sure that you're introduced to this concept here. You're shown this thing here. You're, you know, given a couple times to try this new weapon out. Like it's, it know it's self-aware of its scale and does all kinds of things to ease you into it in a way that's completely um, accessible. Yeah, and from like an for me looking at you, I know that you're not the most hardcore gamer, and I know that like certain games, like I remember you telling me that you tried to play Dragon Age Origins, and it was like there was just too much inventory. It was just too much. It was absolutely and I too think much. That this game is perfect for people like you who are like 
more i think you're more dedicated than like your average gamer in the sense that like if you're gonna play a game you're gonna try to beat the whole thing but you don't you don't just buy fifa like that's not the only game that you play <laughs> yeah. how where would you rank this in terms of like if you could if you could say you know among other games that you've played in terms of like assassin's creed batman games crash bandicoot whatever like where would you kind of set this on your list pretty high well i struggle with recency bias and this was the last great game that I played about a year ago. And it's okay. really hard for me to not say this is the best game that I've ever played. But again, I've played like five games. But it's just... It's, That's true. But you have played them to completion. But you are, yeah. you've played more than five games. Okay, six. But I think what really helped me appreciate <laughs> it was watching the Noclip documentary. It's really hard for me to separate in my mind yes. the game and playing the game from understanding like how much time and care and effort went into making it those things are just kind of swirled swirled together in my mind and i appreciate the latter so much that i think it's bled over into my experience i yeah i would i would have no if someone held a gun up to my head and said you will like this game as the best game you've ever played i'd be like okay i wouldn't even i wouldn't even sweat it you'd be like yeah okay yeah i wouldn't say shoot me so i would say and this is sort of my and I'm not going to give this game a number because I don't think it means anything. Plus, That's it's like, who cares anyway. what I have to say? Why are you Why are you listening to this anyway? This This is like a B game for me in terms of like just the game itself. Average game. I I don't play bad games. Like that's just I'm I'm I, I don't nice. know if that's pretentious, but I don't play <laughs> bad games. I I won't I won't play a game that's bad. I just won't. Can I ask Can I ask a random question about that really quick? Yeah. Okay. You know how like people watch bad movies sometimes knowing that they're bad uh -huh. and kind of have fun does it not work the same with games like if, could you not just play a bad game and have a good time laughing at it only if i'm doing it with friends yeah okay fair enough probably same for movies too so i i would never sit in my house by myself playing a bad game <laughs> just to laugh <laughs> yeah exactly it's not the same as watching a movie because it's a i i think my timer on this game was 60 hours oh wow which probably was probably closer to like 45 because i did leave it on a lot because it took so long to load oh yeah um so probably like 15 hours of like just sitting idle so 45 hours is a way longer than any bad movie anyone would ever watch right yeah <laughs> so <laughs> that's why i don't play bad games because i Good don't point. have as much time as i used to so i think that i would recommend this game just because of the combat would you say that um like the combat in this game pushed boundaries in any way or it did things that have already been established but did it really well that's a really good question because i play monster hunter and the whole premise of monster hunter is hunting monsters yes so in those games you know it's like your average quest your average hunt will take maybe 10 to 15 minutes so it's like imagine fighting a thunder jaw for 15 minutes wow. um whereas i felt like in her in Horizon, it's more like three or four minutes yeah. at the max, and then you're not—you're generally not fighting one monster. You're fighting like three or four. Uh huh. I feel like three or four minutes would be a long time for this game for fighting a fighting an enemy. Um, so it's like I think that they kind of shrunk down a lot of what I like about Monster Hunter into like a smaller, more manageable like package. Um, also, I wanted to to say this. I just read it on my outline, and I thought it was funny. I only killed one Stormbird. Really? Aren't there yep. like? Don't you have to kill more than one? Based on the main story, that's the only one I killed. <laughs> Did you just like run away from? Yeah, them? you only have to. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> kill them. They were like they would just roast me. Yeah, they were tough. It was like I had to use. I had to use like every single tripwire I had 
So I had to like tie it down with like 40 wires and then I had to blast it with my like machine gun. <laughs> it was like I barely beat it without losing like without getting rid of all of my materials. Yeah. That that is something that's funny is like when you fight these huge things like the Stormbird or the Thunderjaw, you have to go out and get all this all these resources and then if, by the end of it you have nothing left. I mean, you're you're that just is, and I think it. that's a good part of the game too because it makes the hunts worthwhile and it, or it makes them feel like they're these difficult things. Um, and I, I just think that's why. I mean, to me, this game is the combat. Like that is why this game is good. Yeah, I hear you, man. That's I mean, it's that's what you spend most of the time doing. Um, so I mean, it has to be. It has to be good, and it it definitely was. I think that we had a pretty good discussion about this game. Um, I think the next game we're probably going to end up talking about is God of War. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, completely. I got to finish it though. Yeah, I, I we're both at the same point. We realized that we were playing it at the same time, and it will take us a lot longer than it should to play because we both are adults. I guess. I guess that's the thing now. So I'm looking say. forward to comparing your experience with God of War to Horizon because I know you don't play games as much as I do just to see like what your thoughts are very interesting well thanks for being on the show Mm -hmm. Nick I definitely want to have you on more maybe we could have you as our uh, special movie reviewer though I don't really watch maybe you could just explain the plots of movies to me okay I guess and I could for that to uh work I would have to watch Mm -hmm. movies too and I you watch movies one in the last four months maybe wow I know I've really fallen off what have you been doing I don't know it's hard to know. Sometimes I go on a bike ride. Oh, so you go outside. Uh-huh. Sometimes. I went outside twice today. I went outside on a walk, and I kicked the soccer ball with Natalie. So that's pretty big record wow. for me. You guys played soccer? That's fun. We just kicked the soccer ball. It's hard to play soccer yeah. when there's only two of you and you don't have any goals. Yeah, true. Um, so next episode, for those of you who are my concurrent listeners, who I apologize for my long gaps in between episodes, I have been much more busy being a studious student. Uh, my next subject will probably be medicine. I will be talking about all of the questions that I've been getting wrong and talking about the various reasons why I'm getting them wrong. I think it'll be a pretty interesting dive into all of the things that I don't know or didn't know, but I do know now. Nick, do you have any final thoughts before we sign out? Um, no. <laughs> Thanks don't for listening, that. everyone. <laughs> have a great day. 